I don't want to start with stars of the week. All right, then how do you want to start? Do you want to guess where this that dude's from? Do you want to start off? You came up now? with him way too quick, so <laughs> I think you had someone in mind. But yeah, who is it? Artemy Panarin. Another Rangers player. I was surprised. You cannot look it up. I'm not. I don't trust you. Where is he from? Artemy Panarin. Um, can I buy a vowel? <laughs> buy a vowel? I don't know. I have no idea where to even start. It's not on the Google Docs. So I don't look at my computer. I'm just like, how do you spell it? I'll tell you how to spell it. A-R-T-E-M-I and then... Artemi? That sounds like Turkish or something. I don't... You're smiling. Did I get it it's right? It's not Turkish. <laughs> That's not a guess. I don't... I'm just making conversation. That's not a guess. Panarin. Um, I'm tempted to say, like, Ukraine, but I don't think anyone from Ukraine is in the NHL. Shoot. I, I think I just have to get a guess out of the way. Okay. I just don't know... See, like, because earlier today I was looking at, like, Sonny Milano, and I was like, well, that's the most Italian name I think I've ever heard in the NHL. What about Tony D'Angelo? Okay, that's another one, too, but... So, for some reason, I have Italians on the mind, but I don't think Panarin's Italian. Yeah, he's not Italian. I'm going to guess it's... It doesn't sound Eastern European. Maybe, like, somewhere up north. Oh, man. This is a good one. This I is a good, a good one because one. I have no I idea where to even start. One. Like, I want to... I'm just going to guess Russia. That is correct. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I was just going to start with Russia and just see where we could branch off from Russia. But actually, yeah, that's kind of... It's not obvious because it's not like... It's not the stereotypical Russian name, but... There was enough... Artemi is kind that. of a typical Russian name. There were enough clues there, so... Uh, that was the first guess again. Yeah, I mean, you're not hey. doing too great at this. I mean, how long did it take you? To that figure? was difficult. Okay. That was difficult. So, don't hate on my, on my players. I'm one for one. No, you can say I'm two for two. Two guesses, two correct. Cause, uh, but last week you messed up with. How did? What did I mess up? The um, you sent me the highlight video. Oh, I did mess Capo up. Caco. That was correct. I did mess up. My fault. Um. Okay. Well, I guess we can just start then by talking about your Rangers and how awful they are. Oh my, do you want How has Panarin been? Now? Because he's on my Panarin. fantasy team and I haven't been checking up in a while. I know I won this week, but I haven't checked to see if Panarin is, you know, carrying his weight on my fantasy team. Maybe he should hit the bench soon. I do not think he should hit the bench soon. That's the opposite. The problem that the Rangers are having is it's really... A meshing problem. It's how Panarin, Mika, Kreider, and Buchnevich are all going to play together because they obviously don't want to stack their first line. They don't want to put somebody on the second line who clearly belongs on the first line. And their real problem is that they do not have enough enough developed centers. So Mika's Zibanejad is the only center who can carry his weight right now. And then there's Artemi, who's a left wing. And then sometimes Booch is there, sometimes it's Kreider. Right now they're really having a hard time just pairing people up together. It's, it's a team dynamic problem more than anything else. You can't really hit it on uh, one player. And I, I, I was reading because I'm a nerd um, that that was actually one of the big things that 
is a problem for the Rangers. It's not, um, it's in fact not the personnel right now because it's way too early to tell that. I mean, it's really how they're all playing together. Yeah, because he's been there. He's, he's been, got two goals in the past couple games, but... Yeah, I mean, he's been okay. Uh, some of our defensemen have been stepping up, like Tony D'Angelo had two goals in the game last night. He had the only two goals in the game. Um, Jacob Truba has been stepping up since day one, since he was traded to this team. And then we have Adam Fox, who's a new kid from, he, from Harvard. He has been doing a pretty good job. My one concern for a bunch of these new players is the amount of penalties they'll receive. Like, Liz Anderson was sent back down to the uh, AHL League last year because he had way too many penalties. He was sloppy because you're nervous when you're playing in the NHL, obviously, for the first time. So we saw Adam Fox got a few penalties in his first few games, which makes me think that he needs to clean up his playing. He needs to focus on his technique or they're going to send him back down to the minors. And frankly, the Rangers can't afford to send another defenseman back down to the minors. Their whole defense is new, except for Tony D'Angelo played about half the season last year. He was on the minors. Brady Shea, Brendan Smith, and Mark Stahl. So about half of this defense is new. You can't be afford, You can afford to just keep sending players back and forth. You're not going to get any consistent with consistency with that. It's just not going to happen. Correct. Oh, wait, you said Elias Anderson? Yeah. He's on my fancy team. I didn't even know that. He's the one who fell. Is he the one that fell? He is the one that fell. Oh, that's why I drafted him. <laughs> no, yeah, I think we talked about last week about how it takes time for some lines to, you know, mature. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing about stacking the first line is the Bruins do that with Bergeron, Marchand, and Pasternak. Mm-hmm. But the only reason that works and the only reason you can do that um, with risk like compromising the quality of the second and third line mm-hmm. is because that line is producing so much at the moment. Pasternak is in another world right now. He's scoring goals. Like, I mean, he is. He is. I, I, I'm sorry to flaunt my team's success in your case, I like Pasternak. Pasternak is, is one of the only Bruins that I find acceptable. I like him. I happen to think he's a very talented player. He's a good guy. He has a great sense of style. Dress, dresses really well. We don't have a new outfit for, from him, though. We don't, and that's very disappointing. There's a question of how many outfits, like new outfits like that, hockey players can afford. Because I don't know. Yeah. I can't. I don't know hockey <laughs> salaries that much, and not very high. When the Rangers offered Panarin's deal, basically it took up the entire salary cap, and they it was almost unheard of. Like Pasternak can't go to Men's Warehouse every other week, but hopefully he gives us some more content in the near future. Because I, I am very. I was hoping to make it a segment. What is Pasternak wearing this week? But if he's not going to keep up the pace <laughs> that he was on, yeah, it's for the too past bad. Two weeks. But it is too bad. What he's lacking in style at the moment, he's making up for in goal scoring. He is a star of the week. So he is good a segue. star of the so week. You see how I did that? That is a good segue, but I was going to go back to Panarin. I'll make my point real quick. Go for it. So you're saying he's on your fan? Is he on your fantasy team? Panarin is on my fantasy team. Yeah. Okay. He's doing this like just as good as Mika's advantage. The only difference is that Mika has more assists. I need more from both of them. I need more from Panarin. I thought. I, I just think it's the chemistry right now. I agree. But That's also, a, a big right problem, because I am looking at the stats right now, I have them in front of me, is that your third highest scorer on the team is a defenseman. 
And I don't mean that as a problem in a bad way, but I kind of do because... No, it is. Because... When you have, like, and he scored three goals. You're looking at, all right, and then it's Jesper Foss, so we're back on the forwards, and then it's Jacob Truba, another defenseman. Like, where does... We have to start having consistent forwards. Like, they have to start doing their job, or they're either going to get cut or tossed back down to the minors because the Rangers made it very clear when they acquired Panarin and Truba and Capo Caco that they wanted this to be a quick rebuild and they are not on the road to a quick rebuild right now. Well, that's fine. Eventually they will get there, but it's very frustrating on a defense when um, you become the primary, like not the primary offensive Mm -hmm. provider, but because then they start to feel like they're doing it all. And if you look at the defense, it hasn't been terrible. Only 25 goals against. The Capitals are first in the Metro and they've given up 34. It's just no one's scoring for the team. So I have to think also that that's because of goaltending. We have outstanding goaltenders. We have Henrik Lundqvist, who is always outstanding. And then we have Alex Georgiev, who has been learning from Lundqvist for years now. He's been the Rangers' go-to backup for a few years. He's gotten reps last season. He's gotten reps in the year before. He has a 92 save percentage. Henrik Lundqvist is 91. We have solid goaltenders, and the problem is going to come in the middle of the year, because I see this every year, is that we have solid goaltenders, and the defense lets up. And then they all look at each other when there's a goal happening. So uh, there has to be a balance, because clearly I see there is almost no balance on this team right now. Well, if it is going to be a quick rebuild... Then it is not. It's it's just if that's the plan, at least it, it is the, the defense plan. can't be the focus right now. And if Rangers fans truly know that come midseason, um, that that's the trend and that the defense is going to start letting up, I think right now you just need to focus on you know finding like that that offensive. I think Capo Caco is going to end up bearing a lot of that weight, unfortunately, and maybe they're going to rush him into a role that he wasn't prepared for. But if he's going to have to become the primary goal scorer, so be it. But like like you said, a team is at its best when the people that are supposed to be scoring goals are scoring goals, mm-hmm. and everyone's doing the, the the job that's assigned to them. So Yeah, all right. So we'll go back to Pashanak because he was the first star of the week. Um, he scored four goals, four of Boston's goals, including the winner in a 4-2 victory against the Ducks um, on the 14th. Is that good? Is that good? Is it good? Yeah, all right. I think it's pretty good. Uh, the Bruins also won last night against the Maple Leafs. They did, and Pasternak has a goal of the year candidate in that game as well. So. Although I only gave him runner-up for goal of the week this week. You did. Here, here's my I issue I have not with looked at the goals of the week yet. You haven't seen any of them? I have You probably not. run into them at some point. I'm sure I have, but I haven't taken a look Both at Both of them were between the legs, kind of snipes. But the issue with Pasternak was, yeah, it kind of just trickled over the line. But I'm not going to take anything away from him. That's just no, the only reason I put him down there, yeah. second runner-up. And I think that's a perfect segue into Austin Matthews has been a big talk on social media for this past 24 hours because he literally said that he needs to do better, everyone on this team needs to do better, and they just need to do better. Yeah, not long ago, Pasternak said Austin Matthews could be a potential heart. Yes, he did. He, he, <laughs> he did say that. So I'm a little confused just because... You have Austin Matthews saying this, right? And, and I get it. So his exact quote was, it's just not enough. We need to be better. I need to be better. All of us need to be better. That's what a captain needs to say. Like, that's what a captain needs to say, though. But he's not the captain. Wait, I thought he... Didn't John we... Tavares oh, is the captain. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I remember But then had you had before... I'm pretty sure it was before this game. Yeah, before this game, Pasternak said that 
he could win the heart. And I just feel that he isn't a captain, so it's not his place to say that, first of all, to the press. And you can tell in this interview, because I have it pulled up, that he just looks frustrated. And when you're talking to the press, like you can't just look frustrated. You can't, you, you can't, you have to almost show no emotion. And I think that him letting out that frustration is going to not be a good sign. It's a sign of weakness, I think towards them and are is going to have a lot of teams underestimate them when they go to play them which should not be the case at all because they have stars like John Tavares also Matthews is one of them Mitch Marner who's a recent one a young guy who played very well in the playoffs it's just not a good look when you're undermining your team even if you do feel that way that's something that should be said in the locker room and that should not leave the locker room wait tell me what he said again because I think I disagree with you here and this might you see these debate segments find themselves it's just not good enough we need to be better I need to be better all of us need to be better oh I'm a big accountability guy in the locker room I'm big on accountability like I'm big on accountability in the locker room but he didn't say this in the locker room he said this to TSN he didn't say that in the locker room he said we're saying this to reporters you we can't say to, that to reporters. I don't think there's anything wrong with what he said. because I don't think there's anything wrong with what he said. Personally, I just think of that's the a consensus concept. Of, that's the consensus of the locker room. And I mean, everyone's asked to get... Like, you have to talk to the media. There's no way of avoiding that. And I, I think that's the fair answer. Because I think what it says is, you know... Um, it tells your fans that they understand that there's an issue right now. It tells your locker room that there's a level of accountability that's, and a standard that he's going to hold them to. And then he's also tell, like telling everyone that, you know, he he's not performing at the level that he should be anyway. So there's, he's kind of, like, putting a burden on himself to, you know, raise the level of play for not just him, but, like, the entire team. I mean, I get... I understand where you're coming from. I just don't think that that publicly is the way to go about that. First of all... It doesn't look good in the beanie, either. <laughs> that's questionable. We love that's what you, We love that's what you focus on. It's um, the first thing I noticed. Are you kidding me? Also, the mustache is not a good look either. Oh he my, just looks like a very sus person in that video. The kids love his mustache. They, like, come to the games. Uh, let like, me see your phone because I think that looks terrible. No, this is not good. That's scary. I don't... The hat's not good either. With that suit, I feel like... You know, I, I think Pasternak's playing mind games with him. Because he's just like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna come out and say that you're a potential Hart Trophy winner, and you should be complete competing for this award. And and now now his game slipping. And now he think now that he feels compelled to go to the press and say that I need to be better and I need to be this MVP caliber player. No, like he has, like this is a very solid and well-rounded team. As in terms of talent, the Maple Leafs are always going to be able to contend with just about anyone in this league. And I don't think it takes Austin Matthews being a star. Um, for this team to win. So, I think Pasternak got in his head a little bit. And you can see it because he's definitely trying to be as stylish as him. Even though he was just... It was just a very, very bad attempt. Because he did not look good at all in that video. Yeah. I think, I think that says more than his words. Of course it does. You didn't like his body language. I didn't I, didn't I did like not it. like I, his body language or his facial expression at all. I don't think that... And it was just compounded by the outfit. It's the right... Just, yeah, I just don't think it's the right thing to do... But I don't know. Then again, I don't know who he consulted before he said this. I don't know if anybody knew he was going to say this. I just don't think it was the right way to go about it, especially when your team is struggling, yes, but not as much compared to the other teams in the league. Like The Flyers are 3-3. Three and three. The Devils are 2-4. and four. The Rangers, for because they hate me, are 2-4. and four. Uh, 
to be this. Even the Bruins are nine and six. The only teams that six and one. What do you? I'm mean? sorry, six and one. They played nine, yeah. The only teams that are truly that have outstanding records are Buffalo, the Bruins, Washington, maybe. Uh, Colorado has a... The Avalanche are yeah. playing really, really good. And Edmonton. The, and I guess you can put Carolina up there, even though they, they're 6-3. and three. But I think you can put them up there. So, like, I say, like I've said this so many times, it's so early, too early to tell. And then again, I'm conflicted because when I'm watching games... I was having this conversation with somebody. They said, yeah, but I was frustrated. I said, the Rangers are not playing well. I was saying this last night. And I was just frustrated that they lost again. And then somebody said to me, doesn't it not really matter? It's the beginning of the season. I said, statistically, that may be true. But I don't want to watch crappy hockey. That's I said, true. It's like, just about getting hot at the right time. I mean, that's Yes, really it, it is, clearly, because the Blues were in last place last time. year. Yeah, and you could even say that about the Hurricanes, too. Yeah, you can, because they got really, quote-unquote, social media famous because of their weird celebrations that they did after they won games. I'm so sick talking about that. <laughs> I, I just hate it. But I hate it, too. But then you actually take time to watch the team, and in the playoffs, they had a lot of character as a hockey team, minus the celebrations. I did not watch the celebrations, I would like to add. I watched the games. They didn't have any celebrations against the Bruins because they got swept. I loved watching Sebastian Ajo play and Justin Williams, who, even though he's no longer in the league, he was an outstanding player, especially in the playoffs because he earned his nickname, Mr. Game 7, clearly for a reason, and he showed that in the playoffs. Ajo is such a fun name to troll. <laughs> I like how I add valid points, and that's the stuff you pick up on. I want to talk about the Avalanche because I'm a big Nathan McKinnon guy. Right Go now. ahead. He has had some nasty snipes. Have you seen some of his goals recently? I have seen some of them. I love that I started following NHL on Instagram because I get to see Nathan McKinnon goals about twice a week, and they're just some nasty snipes, just like goals that you just don't really see. Yeah. I agree. It's just like odd man rushes, and all of a sudden he's just like shooting from the point where he's got like two options to pass to and like get a, a rush on net, and he just like snipes him. It's 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 yeah. It's Nathan McKinnon and even Colorado. He's special. I like him a lot. They're arguably one of the best teams to watch right now. Uh, like I said, they're seven one. Uh, their games are usually exciting, even though they did go into OT with the Panthers, and that was a little scary. Know, but they did win. There's still a sign of good things to come. Like so, you said, it's oh, not yeah. getting right, like hot at the right time. This team could collapse, but I mean, they've showed that they can be a team that's going to be a be there at the end of the season. So that's exciting. I would like to talk about someone who I know you like because I read an article Ooh. yesterday about coaches uh-huh. and. <laughs> Wait, we're still on Stars of the Week, though. We are still on Stars of the Week? We started Pasternak, and then we kind of went on a tangent. That's fine. We can go on a tangent. That's f- Okay, yeah, go for this it. This is a good tangent. You're going to like this tangent. Uh, an article, oh my god, you're going to hate me. In the my article, computer's overheating bad, but it's going to hang in there. I can hear it. Yeah. The mic can the probably The mic can probably pick it, it up. My, my computer is buzzing. It's, I'm running so many programs right now. An article I read in The Athletic, it was called Coaches in the Hot Seat just so far this season, and one of those coaches is John Tortorella of the Blue Jackets. And I want to read this exact quote from the article just because it was it was so great to me. Wait, before you start, can you tell us more about how you subscribe to The Athletic? Oh my god, I haven't no. heard about that enough. So, he says, <laughs> he has been rumored to be one bad losing streak away from being shown the exit door, although it would pro- be probably easier to go through the player-shaped hole that's been there since July 1st. That's a fantastic line. I thought you wrote that for a second, but... I saw uh, it is a fan- I wish I can write something as 
amazing as that, but I can't because it was great. Um, Tortorella and the Blue Jackets clearly struggling without Panarin. Like, very much so struggling. Right now, the Blue Jackets are four and three. It's not the worst. It's clearly not the best because... They're like, they're fine. Like, they're six points out of first. I don't like reading too much in the standings right now, but Tortorella, if he's saying he's on the hot seat, then, I mean, I'll he trust He didn't the say that. Somebody else... I'll trust the athletic. I mean, a lot of coaches are because I think a lot of teams went in with very high expectations, and they aren't performing right away. I'm just not to like, say, And not to say that they're not performing, they're not going to, but they're not performing right away because look at the Devils and the Rangers. They were project, projected to be two of the best teams in the league this year. And they're both at the bottom of the Metro. Uh, there just has to be a line, like a standard amount of games, before we start talking about if the season's like going to shit or if like a coach. I didn't say the season was going to shit. Like if a coach isn't performing or something. I, I love speculating, um, but I feel like it's just too soon because yeah. But in the, the business- Capitals have played eleven games. That's the most. That's tops in the league. It's an eighty-two game season. So I mean. Like I said, what's the line? What's the standard amount of games? Like 20, 30 before we can start talking about a coach potentially losing his job? Mm-hmm. I'm a big Tortorella guy. We've discovered this. I mean, but I mean, but I'm not talking really... about in the business of coaching and G- like if you do not perform, you will be fired. That's just how it is. That's why people feel the need to talk about it right now. Because if he doesn't get his team in shape fast or he doesn't get his team in shape before it's too late. Because there does come a point in the NHL season where it's too late to make a comeback. I have been to Ranger games. I feel like we like last year has completely n- negated that entire theory of like seasons being lost because of the, what the Blues did. No, no, no. But I, you Obviously, didn't that's never going to happen You didn't again, let me finish. I'm you sorry. didn't let me finish. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There's, a, I, 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 there's a point to what I'm trying to make. There is a point of no return. The Rangers experienced that point of no return. I know because I went to a game in late March, knew they weren't going to make the playoffs. They were out of playoff contention. There was no way. Even if they won like all their games. Like eliminated or? Okay, no, or it was like even if they won all of their games, you add up the points and they still would not make the playoffs. So there is a point in the se- Yes, the Blues did come back. Yes, it is possible. But there does become a point in the season when it's too late. When I went to that game, I saw names I never even saw before on the ice because they said, we're going to rest our starters, yeah. we're going to rest Lundqvist, we're going to rest Mika, we're going to rest Booch and Kreider because we're not making it to the playoffs, so what are we working towards? They're working towards next season. So there does come a point, and it's not that they're too concerned, it's not that they're not concerned enough, it's just that they're concerned that they're not going to get or they're not going to be at the best of their ability when that pivotal point comes to say, this is the time where we can make a difference, start winning games and get to the playoffs, or this is the time where we tank and we come to the point of no return. When did you know last year? Before we even, before it even got to March, before you were even eliminated, where you just knew this team didn't have it or this coach didn't have it? Because I, feel I like didn't that's like the to say anything about the right. coach because this is David Quinn's first time coaching in the NHL. I'm talking about in the context of John Tortorella and the Blue Jackets. Mm-hmm. Where is like when did you notice that? No, no, where they Mark made it to the uh, playoffs last year. I know, but when this season theoretically, like I'm talking about when, when. Okay, so I would say it really depends on the first half of the season. If they do, they don't even have to do phenomenally well. If they do well enough to keep up with the rest of the league. It's very possible they could pull something out last minute, go on a win streak, and possibly make it. If they don't keep up with the league 
I would say maybe about end of February, beginning of March is when you would know if they were not doing well, they will not make the playoffs. Yeah, and I guess we'll find out at the trade deadline because it like if you'll we'll know if you're a buyer or a seller, and that's ultimately an organization making that determination of we're gonna we're gonna try to win a, title, a Stanley Cup this year or we're gonna prepare um, for next year. So when is the trade deadline? I actually have no idea. Probably sometime much later, but I guess that's when that determination about John Tortorella will be made, or perhaps even sooner. I mean, it seems kind of drastic to say that he's only one bad losing streak away, but how bad is a bad losing streak? That could be like a 10-game losing streak. If they do yeah. go on a slide like that, then maybe there is a point where you have to move on. But, like, they accomplished nothing last year. I mean, they went to the playoffs, but going to the playoffs means nothing unless you're winning a Stanley Cup, so... Maybe that's that where the Blue Jacks sit, um, is not on. true. Oh, of course it is. Here's our debate. Here we go. You're telling me the goal oh, of every season shouldn't be to win God. a Stanley Cup. Like, come on. Oh, I never said that. I never said that. I just say this is this is like what they said with the Yankees. How the Yankees have branded themselves as a team where if it's it's a World Series or bust. Like, Isn't that, yeah. Like okay, that's just hockey. The Stanley Cup is the. I don't care what anybody else says. Is the hardest professional sports award to win. Yeah, I'm not going to argue that. Across all sports. It's physically, mentally draining. Mm -hmm. Because you're playing seven games and there was an instance, two years ago, there were a lot of game sevens. Which means playoff was stretched till the end of June. I remember coming home from finals week my junior year of high school and watching games instead of studying for tests, which I probably shouldn't have done, but I did it anyway. The goal of your seat, yes, the goal should be to win championships, but that doesn't mean that if you don't, it's a failure like season. That's where I'm going to disagree, because I hate to put this in the context of baseball, but I absolutely would use that. Um, I know enough about this topic in baseball to, to bait baseball is so romantic that you can't buy its love, and the Yankees try to buy their love every year, and. I've been sitting on that line for a while, but the the Yankees ultimately came to a point this year where, you know, we saw that they weren't going to have it because Stanton was striking out just about every at-bat. Judge was awful in the playoffs, and they just had some other guys who were just, like, getting big hits in tough situations, and it looked like they were going to get to that point. But, I mean, if you were to put them side by side, if here's the point I'm going to make. Okay. If the Astros won the World Series this year, the Nationals won last night, so they're in a they're in an early hole. But we're looking at an Astros dynasty currently over the last four or five years, where it looks like they're going to have won two in the past three years, and broken up between those two years where they could have won three straight, is the Red Sox winning a World Series, and the Yankees lose to the Astros in the ALCS mm-hmm. um, compared to last year when the Red Sox won in five. And they're going to look at that season. They're going to compare their season this year to the season the Red Sox had last year, and it's going to look like a complete failure to them. Because yeah, because they literally have somebody from their organization saying, if we don't win a World Series, this was a failure of a season. I'm sorry, New York. Like, I just don't understand how, as a sports team with so many other organizations in your league, so many other tough competitions like the Red Sox, like the Astros, who you said are clearly in the middle of kind of a dynasty right now, how you can go in with that mindset instead of the mindset of we're going to play our hardest, we're going to win, we are going to not hold back. That's a better mindset to have than if you don't win a championship, you're this is a failure. That's like something that you say in high school to a senior kid who's like about to win, like who's trying to make states or trying to make nationals. 
That's like I've been that's that kid. A, that's absurd. I've to been me. that kid. I was okay. one away. I was one went away from going to states for soccer, and it, it felt like the season. You, you know, kind of just, like, came crashing down. And it felt like nothing before that even mattered because we didn't reach our ultimate goal of, like, going to States for the first time in, like, I can see, I can see that, but then are you just going to ignore the numbers and are you just going to ignore the statistics of we your season, even if you had, had a good season? season? But, like, I understand the point you're trying to make, and I've been in those shoes, but, I mean, when you're when you're a diehard competitor and, like, this is what... I'm a diehard competitor, too. When, I was an athlete in high school also... I'm Here's what I'm going to say, because coming so close is just so much more heartbreaking than never even getting close to getting there. So if you're going to be one of those teams like the Blue Jackets were last year, who were pretty close, I mean, they were a couple series away from getting to the Stanley Cup, but I mean, ultimately they have to look back and say that we were pretty close and we had an opportunity to, you know, live that dream and it all came crashing down around them. It's kind of just Not feels like... It, as it bad feels like, as the Bruins feel. Yeah, of course, uh, uh, obviously, but... It's just your your goal is always just going to be to win that Stanley Cup, and I don't care what anyone says. If it's that, if that's your goal, that if that's goal. your goal at the start of the season, and you get close to achieving that goal, it's going to feel like nothing before that even mattered if you don't achieve that. But we're talking about two different things here. We're talking about goals and mindsets. I agree that that should always be a goal, and every team should go into the season with the goal of winning the Stanley Cup. But they should not have the mindset. You're never going to achieve The mindset to do it is not if we don't win, we're failures. The mindset to do it is that you're going to leave everything out there on the ice. You're going to give it everything you have. You're going to play your hardest. And hopefully that's enough. If your mindset is, okay, you're going into the Stanley Cup playoffs and your goal was to win a Stanley Cup from the start of the year, and you get there and you ultimately lose and you say, okay, well, we got close, so that's okay. I never, never said that. I never goal. said that. That's exactly what you're getting at. I never said that. Okay. The audio levels are getting a little high. So <laughs> I'm going to have to pull those down. But uh, I think this is not something we're going to come to a. Um, I don't think on, so either. Unfortunately. We'll call it a truce. I feel like it's a weak mindset to have. It's not a weak mindset to have. Because then how can you ignore numbers and statistics that sh- prove that you had a good season? When you're winning a Stanley Cup or when you're coming with one game of winning a Stanley Cup, you're not going to look I'm a back on your season person. and say that the statistics I can't, matter. I can't ignore the numbers. I'm a statistics person. Like, if you literally look at what I'm looking at 24-7, it's the standings. And it's the points. And it's who's where in the league. I can't ignore the numbers. For somebody that plays so much fantasy and, like, their whole life is based around sports statistics because I'm on fantasy, like, 24-7, mm-hmm. I'm going to disagree and say that when you look back on your season – the determination of how good your season was is based on t- statistics. You can't, you can't have that. You can't, you can't think that um, the quality of your season is based on statistics. But then you can't have an extreme saying that. All right, we don't, we didn't win the World Series. We didn't win the Stanley Cup. Our season's a failure. Jacob wants to play Madden. I mean, we're almost done. We've no, been talking for a while. We have a lot to talk about. Do we actually? We went off on each other there for a little bit, so we're gonna bring it back. Um, it's been about half an hour here on... Half an hour? It's been more than that. the Shorty Podcast. It's been about half an hour since I've started recording, but oh. we still have some stars of the week to get to, believe it or not. We had one. We did one. And give us our second. It's in... You put it in all caps. Maybe he should I, have been number I one. I copied and pasted it. Okay, never mind. I, I thought you were trying to make a statement. <laughs> no. Um, John Carlson. Of the Washington Capitals. Is on an eight-game point streak. 
Yes, he is. And only two other defensemen in league history have recorded as many points in their team's opening games. I think that's a big reason why. And those two player, one of those two players happens to be Bobby Orr. So I, think I even know who Paul Coffey is. Like, why do I know that name? But I do. So that's something. That says something. I have Bobby Orr's book, so. Well, aren't you dedicated to, to your craft? My dad bought me a bunch of hockey books before I went to school. I should read that. Maybe I should give that a read. But Nathan McKinnon's on a seven-game point streak quietly. But John Carlson is consistently just one of the best defenders in the league. So he should be on Stars of the Week just about every week. Okay, so does the NHL do Stars of the Week on forwards, defensemen, and goalies? Is that what it does? Okay. I'm starting to figure that out. Yeah. They do it just overall. Because at the end of every NHL game, there are three stars of the game. Uh, okay, I'm starting to figure out this Instagram account because all I, I just see like random highlights coming back and back over again. It's hard for me to understand and follow this. Which one, the NHL? They post the NHL Instagram account posts so often, and I can just never understand what I they're doing. I want to see how. But many if there's a method to their madness, then maybe I should just learn. There it. is because there's a lot going on in hockey. They have seventeen thousand five hundred posts. Yeah, I'm starting to get lost in all of it, but gotta keep up, man. I'm seeing some sick goals. Let's just knock off. Carter Hutton. I mean, if you really want to get into it, no, we can we're get not into getting it. into it. She just showed me a picture of Layla with her ring. Layla, Lila, Lila, Lila. I'm sorry. Oh, pronounced her name wrong. Carter Hutton was our goalie player of the week. He had two shutouts. Um, not not really exciting. A goalie star of the week is not really that exciting, just because uh, when they have a good week, they're just limiting the action. So. We can buzz on over to Goal of the Week. Okay, I have not seen... I named the Goal of the Week and Save of the Week this week. Good job. So, I'm proud of you. What's, what, well, I was writing my Did paper. I do a good job? Have you seen these yet? No, I have not. Sonny Milano's goal was, Possibly. oh my god, nasty. Alright, show me that. He, like... I'll find it somewhere. I can find it on my phone real quick when I talk, but it's on the NHL's account somewhere. I probably saved it. I need to start saving their posts that I see and that I need to... Use it was a while ago. Oh my gosh. But Columbus completely ruined the goal. They said it's always sunny in Columbus. Ooh. Like that would work if he was playing for Philly, but they completely Have you ruined watched the It's post. Always Sunny? It's a good show. It is a good show. I love Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito's hysterical. Have you watched it? It's like a really old show from like the eighties called Taxi. I have not. It's with like young Danny DeVito. He's really funny. Is it on any like streaming service that I might have? Is it on Hulu? I don't have Hulu. Oh. But I might get Spotify Premium, so then I would get Hulu along with it. So it could all work out. I have to find this goal. It was just a little too long ago. Actually, I think I'm getting close to finding it. Okay. I'm just going to nap right here. I'm, I'm a sucker for the between-the-legs goals. Pasternak had a very similar one. I put him at runner-up. It's just because it wasn't so clean. But, I mean, Sonny Milano put the top key. shelf. He, like, toe-dragged around the defender... Like, went on a breakaway. There was two defenders right on him, and I'm not giving a very good play-by-play, but it was just a nasty, like, top-shelf snipe between the legs. Do you want to do a play-by-play? I've thought about it. I think that's just, like, would be very, very stressful. It's extremely stressful. Oh, here it is. Beauty of the Night, Sonny Milano. Check it out. I don't know why they put it on such a small screen. Look how filthy that is. I have seen this goal. That was filthy. Back when I used to play street hockey after school with the neighborhood friends, 
We had a cul-de-sac, right? With the neighborhood kids. We had a cul-de-sac, and the two houses at the end of the cul-de-sac, they were big hockey families. Uh-huh. And, like, they were actually, like, crazy good hockey players. And meanwhile, I wasn't really a big hockey guy, but, like, I always wanted to play. So I told, like, my mom took me to Dick's, got me a <laughs> pair of rollerblades. Because before I got a pair of rollerblades, they would always be on their rollerblades in the street, and I didn't have, I was just wearing shoes. And I was just running while they were skating around. And eventually I got, enough is enough, I'm going to learn how to skate. And oh, no. So I got my first pair. Fell a couple times, but you know I was athletic enough to the point where like I couldn't really keep up with them. They were obviously so much better than me. But one of the kids who was so good, he used to be able to do like that between the legs thing, and oh my gosh, he would just like snipe the hell out of his brother who would always be in goal, and it was just that's why there's a special spot in my heart for those types of goals, just because it brings back. Oh, I see, I see. We used to play with like tennis balls, or it was sick. I played with my brother. My brother wasn't very good. We were so... Thinking back on it, we were so stupid when we were doing this. I'm talking like... We had no regard for, like, cars parked on the street. We were... There was a time... Good times, though. Yeah. Like, these were people that actually played... These were kids that actually played hockey for, like, teams and leagues and stuff. There was a time when it snowed out. Like, we wanted to play, like, ice hockey. Mm -hmm. But we didn't want to go to a rink. So it was so cold one night. We saw it was going to be, like, negative five or something. We literally just got buckets of water, started pouring water over their backyard and trying to make an ice hockey rink. (laughs) It obviously didn't work. Yeah, obviously. I can't imagine what the end result would have been had we actually made ice. Obviously, we were never going to accomplish it, but... I used to ice skate. Like, I used to... My parents tried to get me into figure skating. And then I asked them to play hockey, and they said no. I was like, I already know how to skate. They were like, no way. I had a pretty nice slap shot. I could, like, because I never used to be able to skate by anybody, of course. Like, I couldn't, like, dangle or do anything like that. I used to like skate that. circles, like, around people. I could never, like, get to the net, so I basically just had to learn how to snipe from, like, the back of the cul-de-sac. I would score once in a while. I was, ba- yeah, I was just chucking up, like, slap shots from 30, 40 feet. And that's yeah. all I could really do, but... My legs would get bruised from, like, blocking shots and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I had to make an impact on the game somehow. So you, so you know the pain, I had, yeah. is what you're Oh, saying. no, I don't know the pain. I'm not like, <laughs> I don't know the pain of, uh, what was his, I don't remember his first name, like, Campbell, who, like, I remember on the Bruins one year, broke his leg blocking a shot and, like, continued to shift. Yeah. But I don't know that pain, but, I mean, my little 10-year-old legs used to get bruised up a little bit because, like, these guys knew what they were doing. I didn't, but... That's fun. What are we on to I, now? I loved that goal because it brought back some nice memories. I see. That's why I got goal of the week. We can do save of the week. Okay. Mark andre did you see this save? Mark andre Fleury. No. Full yard sale. He left the... Someone was on a breakaway. Mm-hmm. And, like, they took too big of, like, a heavy touch. I say heavy touch like it's a soccer game, but... Like, and then... Flurry just like darted out of the crease and just like went sprawling and just completely took him out and just knocked the puck away and it was filthy. I wouldn't say I only gave it save of the week just because how cool it looked. But runner up with was Keith Kincaid, who probably deserved save of the week. It was a nasty glove save and he did the windmill legs. You know what I'm talking about? Where they just like abandon any hope of trying to get it with the glove and they just yeah. like throw their legs up in the air and try to block yeah. it. But he did stag it with his glove, so that looked pretty sweet. He was the runner-up, but he probably should have finished first, but just because I don't know hockey too well, Marc-Andre Fleury's save looks cooler, so I'm going to give it to him. All right. That seems solid. You've convinced me. Good. I had a lot of work this week. Good. I haven't Happy. been able to watch as much as I would have liked to. I've kept up. I'm proud of you. I've kept up. It's just because I'm on Instagram way too much. Oh. I don't learn anything other than when I'm on Instagram, but... I mean... There was a cute little girl who got a ring. You said that already. 
You showed me the picture of it. I showed you the picture like 10 minutes ago. I think it's cute. But no, what's even cuter though is when Dubnik gave his masks to that little fan. Yeah, that was really cute. And then I remember I said it to you, and you said it probably smells so bad. It probably smelled so bad in there. I probably would have thrown up had I put it on. I bet the kid didn't care, though. Oh, I wouldn't care. I don't know. You're You're telling me you would care if you were a kid? Uh, Devin Dubnik's mask, if he gave me a chance to put it on, I probably would. (laughs) Like, I mean, if it was, like, Timmy Thomas, like, sure, I'd put it on, but... I don't know. Devin Dubnik, like, well, he was on the bench. He wasn't even playing. Like, Still, it's nice. Just imagine what your head would feel like coming out of there. Like, it would look like you just took a shower. See stars. Like, you just took a shower, basically. We have an announcement to make, because we have an idea for one of our next shows. Is it our next show, or no? What's today's date? Oh my god, the game is Sunday. Yeah, it is low-key the end of October already. It is. Not low-key, it is. It is October 23rd. Have you heard people thinking that this weekend's hot weekend? Yeah, but but then I've heard, like, people say, no, it's not. The 31st is a Thursday. Yeah, so it so would make sense. To obviously, it's gonna be. Our... I can't believe this is even up for debate or even a discussion right mm-hmm. now. It's so obviously gonna be. I have to be at park all of Hollow Weekend. Why? Oh, yeah, for Bombers Live and Big Red. Bombers Live. I mean, whatever. It's whatever, man. What was I gonna say? Oh yeah, our announcement for our five listeners. Next show is gonna be us watching Bruins Rangers. Oh, that'll be fun. That one, we may have to put the explicit thing next to it. Sure, I would have no problems. Just I don't think... I I can imagine you maybe having an issue with that, but I don't get that riled up when I'm watching hockey. I get extremely Unless it's playoffs. I don't, I don't, I'm emotionless with football. I'm not emotionless with hockey. I somehow believe that me screaming at the TV telling D- David Quinn what he should do with his team will somehow make them better. I can't wait to hear that. I get... The only time I ever get loud where I get angry with sports on a television set is when I just see really stupid shit happening to my fantasy football team. Not even your actual team, your fantasy team. Well, because of my team 7-0, and so... <laughs> Missed field goals, like, touchdowns called back. That's when I really just go off on the TV. It's usually just had the refs. See, I think... Here's something I could have discussed. Or maybe I should save it for next show. Or I can talk about it now. I think NHL referees, very solid. I seldom no. find myself I seldom find myself getting mad at referees on uh, on the, in the NHL. They When the best obvious trips in game five of the Stanley Cup finals, that's when I get upset. When they lead to goals and cost us games. That's when I get upset. But I never really find myself getting... Because they don't have a lot of calls to make. What? Like, icing is... Icing, like, tripping, hooking, slashing, cross-checking, um, high stick, elbowing, kneeing. These are all the ones I've seen. Goalie interference. Um, it's all very objective stuff. Like, I mean... Poke check. That stuff's not objective. It's a very defined penalty. I feel like... That's what they call, though. Exactly. So I feel like there's not a lot of debate up for when someone, like, cross-checks somebody or when somebody... Yeah. So I, mean, I feel like it's hard for them to mess up their job. Or, like, I'm, like, when have you ever seen a bad icing call? There is no such thing as a bad icing call. Crosses three lines. Isn't icing. there a thing, like, but if one of your players attempts to play the puck, then it's not nice? Then they'll just 
call it and say keep playing then. Like if it looks okay. like somebody's making an effort down well, the I guess there's gonna be a gray area there. It's like, no, I wasn't trying to play it. Yeah, you were. Like, yeah. I feel like they get it right most of the time. Yeah, I'm I, I'm, a bit, I'm big on hockey refs. I think they're solid, and I love when they like. They always give like a good thirty second explanation whenever they go to review. It's just like okay, get to the call, but you know, thank you for understand like explaining your thought process on that. Some one. yeah, they like, like they do like the suspense. Like they'll like face like the entire crowd and yeah. they'll just kind of wait a second in between their call. It it is it's kind of there's a certain theatric about it. I agree. Some of their calls I happen to not like. But then again, I, I'm not blaming the refs because I'll look at it again and I'll say, my team screwed up. It's not their fault. So I, I kind of do agree on that. It is kind of hard to mess up. The the area where people have problems mostly is when they'll make a call for one team, but they'll not make a call for the other. So like they'll enforce the slashing for the, let's say, the Rangers, but they won't enforce it for the Bruins. So like the Bruins will get away with it. That's where people mostly have their problems. But then the refs can make the argument, well, they can't call everything, which is pretty fair because some of this stuff happens in hockey, whether, like, you see it or not, it happens often. And to call it every time would mean that someone would be down a man. You know what I love in hockey? You know what I think is very underrated about watching a hockey game on TV? What? Is if, like, a referee misses a call or something, just everyone in that section just stands up and is like, I love I'm thinking about it right now. I just love when that happens. So I'm just, like, in my living room, just, like, with my hands up, like, yo, where's it at? And then, like, there's just a mirror of, like, 100 people in the section right next to the referee doing the same thing. I think it's perfect. It is. I think it's so much fun to see. Just a little nuance about hockey that I love. Okay. Yeah, it is. It is great to see. (laughs) I like being one of those people in the stands. Hockey's an atmosphere. I love it. It is. It's awesome. I love it. Best sport not to watch on TV. I've been saying that for a yeah, long time. Yeah, it is the best sport to watch on TV. It's also the best sport to watch in person, I think. I wish I could say I've had that experience, but soon enough... Yeah, you've actually never been to a pro hockey game before, like, ever? Semi-pro, I think. The Philadelphia Phantoms. I'm not even sure they're around anymore. They are still around. Okay, I, I've been to a Phantoms game. I went with Boy Scouts. <laughs> That's classic. Classic's that. (laughs) Boy Scouts took a trip to the Philadelphia Phantoms hockey game. (laughs) That's great. I started my career going to hockey games and Islander games. Did I tell you the story of how I got into hockey? No. It's quite a story. It's actually, it's a defining moment of who I am. Really, let us know. Who I am as a person. (laughs) So my dad got tickets to a Islanders-Flyers game back when the Islanders played at the Nassau Coliseum, which was on Long Island. And they were good seats. They were down in the corner in the 100 section. We must have been 10, 12 rows back, max. And me and my brother, my mom, my dad are all at the game. And all of a sudden, I see it's a hard-hitting game, New York-Philly rivalry, you know, normal stuff. I see these in this Islander and Flyer come together and then separate. And then all of a sudden, everything just stops. And everyone's looking around. And in between them was one of the linesmen who is now just on the floor. Like, he's not getting up. There's a pool of blood, like, around him. This guy doing hockey? (laughs) And I'm looking around. I'm just, like, captivated by the scene that's happening on the ice. I thought... Wow, look at that. My 10-year-old mind thought this was the coolest thing ever. And I was sitting next to my dad. I was so excited. My brother was on the other side of me. looked like he was about to vomit and had to, like, look away. And then some guy came out on the ice with a mop and bucket to clean up the blood. 
<laughs> and then the game just, I mean, the referee was fine. They took him off the ice. But and then the game kind of just continued. And that's when I said, I think I can get into this sport. <laughs> you want to hear a completely random story? It has okay. nothing to do with hockey, but it has everything to do with mopping up blood. Okay. <laughs> so back when I used to ball boy for Villanova. Oh, I didn't know that. Wow, look at you. So this is back when, do you know the Wells Fargo Center in Philly? Yeah. This is back when Wells Fargo was the Wachovia Center. Okay. Wells Fargo bought out Wachovia Bank. Okay. So they had to change the name of the stadium. This is back when it was Wachovia Center. Huge Big East, match, Big East matchup. This is when the Big East was actually sick. It was like Syracuse, Louisville, like so many sick teams. Like there were more. Like back when UConn was good. Back when Notre Dame had a good football, like basketball team. Georgetown was nice. Cincinnati was even in that league. I'm going off because I love the old Big East, but <laughs> I think, I forget who was playing in the game because I was so young, but, and I've been to so many of them, but I think Villanova was playing Marquette. Marquette would be my best guess. Okay. Actually, they probably wouldn't have played Marquette in the Wachovia Center because they saved Wachovia Center for, like, the big games, mm-hmm. um, for, like, national television. So, you know, they would put them in, like, you know, the big stadium instead of having them at the pavilion. Mm-hmm. And... There was a nasty collision under one of the baskets, the basket that I was sitting at. So, like, you would, there's usually, like, four ball boys. You would split them up two and two, two at each basket. And I was, must have been, like, no more than 11, 12 years old. And, like, there was a nasty collision under the basket. One of the, I'm just going to take a guess and say, like, UConn players was bleeding under the basket. Mm -hmm. And, like, blood just falling from his mouth everywhere. And I guess there's, like, I went... I made it, almost made a huge mistake because I almost just took my regular mop that I used to mop up sweat and just started mopping up the blood. So I was like, oh, this is probably what you do, right? And then somebody rushed over with, like, gloves, and I forget, like, what was in their spray bottle, but they were like, no, 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 don't do that. You're going to ruin the court. And for, like, good five minutes of TV airtime on national television, you just see this guy, like, spritzing out the blood and, like, making sure it doesn't stay in the court and me just staying there with my mop waiting for him to move so I could, like, mop up the rest. And so... That's great. People saw me in school the next day, and they were like, yo, I saw you mopping up blood on TV. <laughs> like, on national television? <laughs> That's great. I have a lot of sports stories from my child. I have to write for one of my classes a sport fan autobiography, so I have to write about my defining moments as a sport fan. I have a lot of those. Defining moments. I have one that from me actually playing sports, but not any of the sports I played. It was flag football. Yeah, I was going to say do tell. Flag football, huh? So, all right, so I was in seventh grade, first year of middle school. I was still, like, 12, still a child. So, me being myself, so basically I have the same personality as I do now as a 7th grader. So, we were splitting up flag football teams. <laughs> we were splitting up flag football teams. And I was kind of took the role of, like, telling people where they should go because I was very into football. Like, it was newly... I got into it probably about, like, two years before. And I was someone asked who was going to be the quarterback and I said oh like I'll do it and back then I could actually throw pretty well and this kid said to me I couldn't be a quarterback because girls don't play football and girls aren't quarterbacks and I let him have it like I don't even remember what I said I just remember my friend having to hold me back because I thought I was going to hit him (laughs) but it was a defining moment for me as a sport fan and then you threw for 300 yards and 4 touchdowns that game you know, I don't know. It was at the end of class, so we didn't get to play a game yet. It was as we were leaving, my friend had to push me off to the side as he went in a different direction. I remember that kid's name, too. Not going to come on the podcast. I, think we need to I will always remember this kid's name. What an asshole. 
What is it? What is I would do it any day of the week. I can still throw a football probably better than 80% of the people. Nonchalant. Nonchalant. My dad taught me how to throw a football when I was 11. gave us some good content this week. They really did. I'm sorry. I'm just so tired. We all are. Break did nothing for us. Did nothing. You stayed, but like I said, I've been telling people, they're like, how do you feel coming back from break? And I was like, I feel exactly how I was before I left. So like, you go home. You were saying before, too, you were like, it was such a restart for me freshman year. I was all good after I came back. Yeah, but for some reason, like, I went home, I slept a lot. Um, I watched a bunch of Netflix. I watched some Prime Video because I got 30 f- free days, Ooh. so I'm trying to make the most of it. But um, came back, like, four-hour bus ride, and I just felt exactly the same getting off that bus as I felt getting on when I left to go home. So that's that a damn sucks. shame. Yeah, I'm kind of happy I didn't go home just because of all the effort I would have had to go through. I've been so lazy recently. I have laundry to do. I need to go to the gym. So do I. It's not going to happen, though. Any last comments about this week in the NHL? No, 